0: So here's the question, how do independent adjusters, like us, who can't hide behind corporate logos, processes, and profit, who are spending our own money and reputation, how do we work in a way that lets us get work, assignments, deployments, and more income, without wasting time or money in this world of insurance while standing out in the crowd? That is the question, and this podcast will help guide you to the answers. My name is Chris Stanley, and this is the Independent Adjuster Podcast. Join myself and other independents on the path to non-corporate success in the insurance industry. We are IAs. Hello, and welcome to the Independent Adjuster Podcast. This is episode 42, and we're going to talk about something that most of us Think about probably too much. Uh, it doesn't matter whether you're an adjuster. doesn't matter what your field or career is. This is something that we're thinking about a lot. This is something we think about um, every day when we wake up. It A lot of times well, is what gets us up out of bed. So we're going to be talking about today about earning a living, making the cash, bringing home the bacon, and making it rain. These are all different ways people sleazily say making money. But it's why most people do what we do, and what most people are interested in uh, when they're considering doing something different. What am I going to make? What kind of? What's in it for me? So people want to know before they get involved in a new career and a new side job, or even if they're just helping out their buddy with a little project. What am I going to get paid? Well, it's important for you as your considering a career in auto damage appraising or it's important for you if you're new to it or maybe even a veteran to hear a perspective or as i call it, an independent truth behind an independent appraiser or claims adjuster salary it's 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 important what what's the truth about it what what's the reality of what we get paid especially as auto damage appraisers uh, as you're getting started out what is the expectation that you should have so that's what the episode is going to be all about. You can check way back in the archives uh, towards the beginning of the podcast when it's called the IA Path Podcast. There is a short five minute blurp on basically the pay of an auto damage appraiser. And this is not really piggybacking on it. It's going in deeper. We're going to talk about more things than we did in that episode. Before I get to that though, I need to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by Badger Mapping. And Badger Mapping is... Really does handle my very least favorite part of the job, which is who to call, who to schedule for when, trying to schedule and map out my day when I'm doing field inspections. That was always a horror for me, and it works as a management system for all your claims. So if you work for three, four different companies, you want a central place to put it, but you don't want a fancy management system or pay, you know, to have. a large claim uh, management system Uh, I use it As a management system, when I was doing field inspections, and it worked great. I thought it worked really well. It organized everything, I was able to keep track of everything, and it really did streamline the process. But it has amazing features like route optimization, and it piggybacks on Google. So it's not like you're going away from trusted technology here. You're just putting a new overlay on it and getting some additional features that Google doesn't have. And actually, the CEO of Badger Mapping, Steve Benson, he used to work for Google, and so he's created this product with adjusters in mind because he used to be an adjuster and uh, with the expertise of Google. So you combine that, you get a great product for adjusters. So go check it out at ipath.com slash mapping, and you can check that out for free. All right, so uh, today, like I said, we're going to be talking about the pay you know, because that's, that's what people want to know about. That's what people look for. It's it's what you need to understand. And so i kind of going to go through this in a bullet style with a short explanation of each kind of category or um, bullet of, of this information. As I wrote it out, I was just like, okay, this is what we're going to make. And so you kind of hear that I'm going to have these bullet points and then, you know, kind of my comments and my thoughts on it. So number one... Um, you need to understand that the average per year of a claims adjuster is around $63,000 a year. So if in your head right now you're thinking, I'm going to go make $300,000, I'm just cautioning you. I have heard of people who have made two to $300,000 as a claims adjuster. But if you're coming into this as an auto damage appraiser or as an auto uh, claims adjuster working in the field in your local territory... You're looking in that sixty-three thousand dollars range, right? If you're going to be a doctor, you know what the doctor range is. Well, your range is sixty-three thousand dollars. That's the average. So you got a range, then of what, forty to maybe a hundred, and then from there, it's how creative you can get. What other uh, sources of income you find, and uh, other ways to make money. Whether you transition to cat duty or not, but that's what the average is. Um, but understand that that that's not where you're going to start out. You're not going to start out at even $63,000 a year because you're just getting started. Um, And because of this, this is the average, right? But as IAs and independent adjusters and appraisers, we own our own business. And this may be a shock to you, but I'm going to hammer it over and over, is that you own your own business. You control your destiny. So... That doesn't mean you're guaranteed sixty three thousand dollars a year. That's just kind of what you can expect to be able to work your business up to as the average, right? So you can go higher than that, but that's your average. And then, it, as an IA, I want you to shift your mindset to stop thinking about what's my salary because there's there's no salary. Hello, you're you are a freelancer. You are an independent contractor. And so you're paid in the same manner as a freelancer, which is on a per-piece or per-file basis. So there's no salary and no guarantees. Okay, so pay type is per-file or per-piece. You know, there are exceptions such as catastrophic per-day pay, but for the most part, we're paid on a per-file basis. Just like a graphic designer is paid out on a per-piece or per-project basis, or a plumber is paid out on a per project basis independent adjusters and appraisers are paid the same way you get paid per file and so that pay amount is about 20 to 80 dollars a file and that that's a big range i get it but 20 to 80 dollars is what you can expect um currently you know you can take photos only for companies like we go look on source and, and other uh, IA firms that may work with you to take photos only, starting at $20 a file. And so that's the low end, but you're only taking, you're just taking photos. That's all you're doing. But then at the high end is that $80 range is you're working for higher uh, and independent auto damage appraiser company or appraisal companies like IA Net, Auto Claims Direct. You can get higher, closer to that $80. And the responsibilities and the expectations They raise with the pay. So, if you're making $20 taking photos, there's not a whole lot of expectation. If you're making $80, there's going to be a lot of expectation with that. So, understand that as your pay raises and as you get better and better contracts, the expectations and the responsibilities are going to raise as well. All right, so what are you getting paid for? What is that money for? great, I made 40 bucks on this file, but what am I actually expected to do? Because that factors into whether it's worth it or not and the truth about our pay. So the major tasks that you must complete to get paid on a file are, number one, setting an appointment with the owner of a vehicle. Number two, inspecting the damage. And this, this is uh, the damaged vehicle. And there, there's a few things that go into this when you go do this. There's driving to the owner's chosen location, documenting the damage with photos uh, for um, you know, documenting the damage with photos for the insurance company so they can see the damage that you saw and documenting the damage with notes. Okay, so then number three, create an industry standard estimate using Auditex, CCC1, or Mitchell software. Now, that software is $200 a month, and some companies provide that, but that's got to factor into your thinking that, hey, I've got this great job. Yep, I'm, I've got 10 claims this month. Uh, so you're making six hundred bucks if your average is sixty bucks a file, and then you you're paying two hundred a month into this software. So just understand the costs and and tasks that are associated with that. So that was number three, create an industry standard estimate, and then four, upload an estimate, photos, notes, and estimate data to the company portal online, and then create any revision or supplements that may arise. And supplements are requests. Basically from a repair facility um, for additional damage that was missed or supplemental damage that was missed. If you're not totally sure on supplements or or how to operate that, the last podcast episode goes a little bit deeper into supplements and how to use them to make you better. But so, so these supplements we have to perform, we have to reconcile the repair that the shop is saying they need to do with our records and send that up to the insurance company. So in essence, you're, you're kind of adding to your original estimate and then re-uploading everything all over again. It's kind of like starting from scratch on that side. And then um, under most circumstances, you're not paid for supplements. And there's going to be times that you have to re-inspect that for free. So supplements can be a really big pain and really something to consider uh, when you're thinking about your pay. Then there's you're delayed in your pay. Uh, it's not like you do file and then money magically pops into your bank account. One of the least likable things about being an IA is the delay in pay. And so what you complete in a month is typically paid to you on the 15th of the next month. You know, so everything I do in July, I'm paid on August 15th. If everything goes right, maybe it's the 22nd. I don't know. But you, you have to be ready for that. You have to understand that. And I've had worse pay schedules than that, uh, But that's now what seems to be the normal pay cycle. But that's 45 days from your first claim to getting paid. If you're working full time during those 45 days, that's a lot of expenses you're accumulating and racking up and that you need to compensate for. So some IA companies do shorten the pay cycle, but this is is typical. So understand that that's how the pay works. That's the pay delay. All right. And then... Here's another uh, interesting truth about our pay is that the, the pay hasn't changed in decades. Okay? It, the technology's drastically changed, and, and everything around it um, has, has evolved and changed in the process, and digital stuff. But as all that's changed and inflation's come into effect, um, it's interesting that the industry pay has stayed stagnant. As inflation has skyrocketed skyrocket in the past 20 years or so, you know, the pay per file has barely risen for the IA. In fact, it's slid backwards. So not the pay hasn't climbed, but the expectations have. We're expected to do more tasks, even if they're easier, we're expected to do more tasks than ever. And um, as that happens, what what's going on with that is that it becomes a negative and a, and a positive. The sliding backwards of pay and the higher expectations. But these expectations are easier to meet because of technology. But it's still more expectations, more guidelines, more checklists, more forms, all these things. But what's happening is, the big negative is that um, the industry has not admitted yet that this sliding backwards in pay or stagnation in pay, what it's causing is it's causing the veteran and skilled adjusters to leave um, or move on to different types of adjusting. And they're get, the industry-experienced um, adjusters are getting really frustrated with how there's this cap and they can't seem to make more money. They can't seem uh, to shake off this working the grindstone every single day for the rest of their life just to make ends meet. And now the positive maybe for a newcomer is that it's opening up a huge opportunity for new people. It, and the opportunity, if you can roll with it and learn how to survive and, and just figure out a way to scrap and, and get into the industry, then there's a a possibility of a long-term future because there is such a need for not only current adjusters, but there's a huge need because the average insurance professional is at 60 years old, and so a lot of people are retiring in the next few years. So there's this long-term game for an independent adjuster getting in that, trust me, if you're on the younger side, uh, these people are going to move out and retire at some point, and uh, there's going to be a lot of vacancies. So just keep that in mind. So the pay hasn't changed in decades, so that's a negative. Uh, but for a new person it's kind of creating this vacuum of where they need people and it's kind of up to you how you roll with um, the the thought of this pay because it can really be defeating but if you become this entrepreneurial minded or opportunity driven person where you're looking how can I make a difference how can uh, I fill a need in a way that other people haven't you might find a way to make money that no one else has uh, but just understand that The normal model of being an auto damage appraiser, that has not changed, uh, and the expectations have risen, uh, creating this kind of negative vibe around the pay. So really, is it worth it? You know, uh, all this talk about numbers, Chris, you know, is it worth it? You know, you kind of scared me with the last point you might be thinking. And um, so I kind of want to share a little bit of, of my numbers and experience from when I was going full tilt in local claims, covering a huge area, put 80,000 uh, miles on my vehicle just doing local claims. And that was at the peak of, of my local claims service. Um, but that was me busting at five, six days a week. And you know my taxable income was less than $40,000 a year. I actually made over 80, but my taxable income was like 40000 And I'm not good with deductions at all. Don't take tax advice from me, other than this one, go get Mile IQ to keep track of your mileage. Just trust me. You can check it out at ipath.com slash MileIQ, but uh, that it's an app that tracks your mileage for you, and that's a huge deduction thing. But, so it wasn't like I had all these great deductions or that uh, anything. It was just I had that much mileage, um, and that brought my taxable income down. So that is a business is what you really need to look at is that's what I actually earned in the government's eyes, so that's probably what I actually earned for myself in reality. So there was a lot of expenses there, twenty to forty thousand dollars worth of expenses, and so I got to keep forty. Uh, but I earned a solid living, and I was running my own appraisal company. I fed my family, and I uh, was it worth it? I-, I believe it was. You know, a lot of people would say, "Oh, that's not enough money," but I earned a living, and I learned a skill, and I've had had a lot of fun. I like listening to stuff in my car, driving around. You know, to me it was worth it. But it just depends what your needs are and what your family's needs are. So I believe that average income of $60,000 is right on the mark because I could have easily with better deductions or whatever, you know, probably saved more money and and kept more money and been more responsible for sure. So I, I easily can see that you can get to $60,000. That's the right mark. It, it is right. Uh, but can you get rich doing local daily claims? <laughs> probably not. <laughs> I'd say nope. Uh, so, but can you have a job earning a living while enjoying it? Can you enjoy life and work as a daily claims adjuster or auto damage appraiser and enjoy your life and and have fun with it? And I believe you can because I did. And so obviously there's things you can do to increase your income as you get experience. You can do catastrophic adjusting. You can learn heavy equipment. You can learn how to do property. Um, but if, but in my mind, if you can get to where you're earning $60,000 within a few years of starting your career as an auto damage appraiser, that's quicker and cheaper than four years of college. And when you get out of college, hoping to find a job, obviously neither one of these is guaranteed going to college or being an auto damage appraiser, but it just might be worth it for you if it's something you want to pursue. So that's my independent truth behind the pay of an auto damage appraiser I hope that helps answer some of the questions um, you know the type of pay the de, you know the delay in pay what's the pay schedule like and, and some of those highlights that of questions that you may have about being an auto damage appraiser or a field claim independent uh, field claims uh, adjuster so if you have more questions if you're like, that was great, but there's something else I've really been wanting to ask. Email me, Chris at iapath.com. I want to help you. Want to give you direction. Want to give you honest answers, and that's what this podcast is for. It's why I'm around. Is just to give you honest answers, honest help, and uh, to have somebody to actually ask these questions to, not just a website but a real person. So, email me. We'll get a call set up, and and we'll we'll talk and get to know each other. So. Um, and if you want training on how to do the job that I described above, and you're interested to go deeper, you can also go to, to iapath.com and check out uh, what I call the crash course. That's the introduction to being an auto damage appraiser. Uh, but other than that, I would just encourage you to keep walking your path, keep pushing on the doors that are in front of you, keep seeing if this is something you want to do or if it's something you're starting out in. You know, figure out a way to survive. Every year, it's not like this changes. Uh, In this industry, I might have more options now than you, uh, but every year I'm having to get really creative about how I earn my income. I'm having to find different ways to increase my income or to stabilize my income. So if you're going through that, just know that I understand that I've been through it and I continually go through it. Um, But it's part of the journey. It's part of what makes being an independent adjuster so fun and scary all at the same time. So if you're going through that, just like I'm going through that, just like everyone in the industry goes through that, talk to people all the time. They're like, Chris, what do I do? I mean, we all go through this. You're not alone in this. Uh, you know, reach out to me, Chris at chris.iapath.com. But until next time, keep walking your path. Are you dreaming of a career in auto damage, but find yourself not meeting the experience requirements? You can try the first part of our seven part auto damage certification for free. This allows you to dive deep into auto damage training with no strings attached. And if you love it, you can continue on and purchase the full program. your life.